The failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. I'm an environmentalist. A lot of people don't understand that. I think I know more about the environment than most people. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon East Talk. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 2, The Manifesto, the podcast that eases its way through the green agenda and hopefully from time to time lands that killer punch onto the pompous noses of our politicians, for it is they who should be prioritising the very things we talk about here each week. For those unaware of the brief, the man at the wheel on each episode is the entrepreneur and environmentalist Dale Vince. He's the owner of Ecotricity, the world's first green energy company. In his other guise, he's the chairman of Forest Green Rovers. Dale, morning. Yeah, morning, Ian. Um, Did you hear that um, funny bing bong over your intro speech then, by the way, just asking? I didn't hear the bing bong. What was the bing oh, bong signifying? Was that don't, a, don't know. No, it's just, this a is a call just, to arms of some kind. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just checking. This was like an off-the-air comment. Uh, I just thought oh, I'd no, just tell you. No, it's that. fine. I think we should keep that in, actually, so that if anybody oh. is in the future aware of a bing bong, we can all speculate on what it means. Spot the bing bong. Spot yeah. the bing bong and who's calling the bing bong. Yeah, well, look, um, I'm good, Ian. It's obviously Friday the 13th. Don't know if you know that, but uh, yes, I, I did, think yeah. I can hear a book bugle because uh, Friday the 13th is... Friday the 13th is my favorite day uh, for, for reasons you can find out if you read my book. I'm just a polished pro at this now. Is that right? So you like Friday the 13th? Absolutely. Actually. Absolutely. I cross the road to walk under ladders. I'm that kind of person. Do you do that normally or just on Friday the 13th? Any day. Yeah, any day, will, uh, any ladder, anywhere. So what's the thinking behind that then? Is it a, a rebel thing? I think it's a contrarian thing. That's all right, though, isn't it? Yeah, I, mean, it's, I mean, there are some some classic blunders, if you go on YouTube, of people walking under ladders. Oh, I, I thought you meant yeah. liking Friday the 13th. But oh, well, no, I'm sure the, there are. Yeah. It's, a, it's an anti-superstitious thing, generally, in it? Ladders, yeah. the, the date, Friday the 13th, that kind of stuff. But I kind of like that. I, I feel I'm sort of slightly going to have to psychoanalyze you here, Dale, if you don't mind. But no, I think no, there's no. something. There is the, 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 the clearly the anti-establishmentarian in you. Absolutely. He's, he's alive I'm, and well in that point. I'm just going to lie down on the couch now, Ian, and you, you fire away. You wouldn't away. mind, yeah. So tell me about those early years. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the book. Blow the bugle. It's all it's in, in the, the book. book. It's all in the book. Um, let's talk about this to begin with. Uh, reaching net zero carbon emissions in the UK is likely to be much easier and cheaper than previously thought. That's a great headline to read. Yeah. And you know what? It's from the people who I think only about a year ago put out their latest report, the Climate Change Committee. Uh, in which it had got a lot cheaper since the last time they reported. And I think there'd been a 10-year gap or something like that. And they were basically saying, instead of going to 80% carbon uh, reduction by 2050, we can now get to 100% for the same cost. So it's kind of like a 20% uh, you know, change in the outcome for no more money, uh, or 25% actually. And um, and I thought at the time, you know, that is brilliant. But um, hang on, guys, you know, you've, you've got to allow for the fact that uh, change keeps coming. And, yep. and, and you think now that we can get to 100% by 2050 with no extra cost, how long will it be before actually the date starts to move and we can get sure. to 100% by 2040 or even 20, you know, 20 earlier? Mm-hmm. And here they are one year later saying, 
oh, things got cheaper than we than we thought they would. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, rather quicker than we thought they would. It's like, well, you know, that's how it works. Electric cars, I think, are one of the great examples of that, the rate at which the price is falling. Uh, that's driven by the price of batteries primarily, but also the, uh, the scaling up of production and stuff like that. Sure. Um, it might have been easier uh, if there was a, a different president, because we thought that uh, Joe Biden had won the election. But of course, let's just remind ourselves that he didn't. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. We did win this election. He's still there, Dale. Yeah. You know what? I, I think we should start a sweepstake, you, you and me, in. Uh, <laughs> how long before the, uh, the Mango Mussolini becomes the Jaffa jailbird? <laughs> I like it. The, the thing is, he's, he's played a... I mean, this will play well to his crowd, doesn't it? Because they believe, uh, despite the fact there's no evidence, I know this week in Philadelphia when a judge asked a Trump lawyer, are you bringing evidence forward to suggest corruption? And the lawyer said no. So when it came to the crunch, so but what he's doing, of course, is creating this massive mood music around the idea that it was a bent, because he can't bear to lose. The election was uh, rigged, it was corrupt, it was completely bent, and therefore he, he goes out with something intact that he the rest of the world don't see. It's called his pride. <laughs> it's curious, isn't it, to see it played out? But interestingly, he played the game before the election, of course, because he kept talking about these mail-in ballots were going to be corrupt. It's like he knew. Yeah. Um, but as a result of that, I think we mentioned it on the last episode, he might have been the architect of his own downfall because he was literally telling his own voters not to vote by mail so Republicans didn't in the same numbers. Huh? And come Maybe. election day, they may not have gone to the ballot box oh, as, as people get lazy. I got a bing bong again then. Did you get that? I didn't get a bing bong. No. Oh, interesting. Um, Are you here? Do you want to get back on that couch again, Dale? Are you hearing the bells? That's Maybe what that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe something. Friday going the thirteenth. Going on. What I, uh, one of one of the things I loved about the uh, the legal challenges in I don't know if you saw it. So uh, his legal team uh, stood in front stood up in front of a judge. This is one of the things I love most about the news coming out the last few days. They alleged that they weren't allowed to closely observe the counting of votes. And, yeah. and when pressed by the judge about this, they admitted that the, there was a non-zero number of observers allowed. That's right, yes. <laughs> they couldn't yeah, admit it, that they were allowed. They just had to call it a non-zero number. It's crazy. And I think there was a headline today that said that this particular election uh, had been the, the most uh, stringent. Officials uh, rejected any fraud claims. Uh, and said actually that this uh, particular election had been one of the most observed in terms of ticking all the boxes. So the, yeah. the, the very opposite to everything he's alleging. No, I'm sure. But he will never admit that he got beaten. I think that's a factor of his psychology. And yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll definitely leave office. I've got no doubt about that. And his own party will and are starting to turn on him. Uh, but yeah. he will always be the man that claims the election was stolen from him. It's crazy, isn't it? And, you know, I was looking at some of those stories of... Um, how other, I don't know if we mentioned this last time, that lovely letter that George Bush wrote to Bill Clinton when he left office, which was the mm. most dignified thing mm. you could read. He said, you know, you will be our president. Um, I will support you 100%, even mm. though he's from, you know, the other side. A couple of pictures I saw this week of Barbara Bush, Bush Jr.'s wife, playing with the Obama girls in the White House during the, the handover of, mm. of, of power. How it should be, really. Amazing, um, yeah. But, uh but yeah, this guy, I don't think he's about to be having any parties for Biden. The good old days, huh? 
The good old days. Uh, here's a question from Colin on Twitter. It's that book bugle again. Uh, what well, kind of a book bugle? He's actually asking this. Dale, is there going to be an audio version of the book coming? Yeah, so it's a question that's come up a few times this week, actually. And uh, I at first confused the ebook with the audio book and said, yeah, we, you know, there's one coming and then realized that there wasn't. And actually, somebody no. has to record it. Somebody's got to read the book. But I've decided that I think I should do it. I'm more or less committed to uh, to yeah. doing that, and there will be an audio book. Has anyone told you how long it takes to record one of those things? Bro? No, no. But but I know the book like the back of my hand, True. so it shouldn't be too difficult for me to read it. Seven years, Dale. Seven years. <laughs> <That's>, uh... <laughs> yeah, the fact that you know it and it's it, they are your words, I think probably, may, and it's in your voice is, yeah. is, is always the way to go. I'm, I'm disappointed when I've listened to audio books and, and discover that it's read by somebody completely different, which is fine if it's a novel, but yeah. you know if it's about someone's own ideology, philosophy, yeah. thinking uh yeah you need the person whose name it is to read that stuff yeah people have been saying that to me and I, I think it's a bit like watching uh films or tv series in a foreign language i like to watch them in the foreign language with english subtitles and and if you actually switch it on so you get the english voice it's just it's just all kinds of wrong i was watching one last night uh set in turkey and uh it's a harder language to kind of listen to while you read subtitles but when i switched to the english voice it was just all kinds of wrong rubbish <laughs> yeah. so doesn't quite doesn't quite work out. I love those voiceover guys that you know do the voices for Hollywood A-listers. You know, it's they, they 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 that's a job for life almost. So if you are you know following if if you are the Japanese voice of Bruce Willis, you are always the Japanese voice <laughs> of Bruce Willis. So it's not a bad gig, really. Yeah, I guess. I'm not just convinced. Sounds... I'm not convinced. I'm going to stay in no. the gig I got. I think you have to because it just sounds a bit shit otherwise. Just, it's, just not, <laughs> it's not good. Uh, this is from Lisa. Uh, we haven't had any Dale food tips recently. What's Christmas dinner like at your place? Well, that, that's a good point. And actually, um, immediately I can think of something I ate the other day that might be worth talking about. Uh, the guys down at the Devil's Kitchen have made some sausages ready for retail uh, online yep. retail and uh, they were amazing serious so, yeah so maybe i'll have them for christmas dinner yeah they were okay. just brilliant yeah are you all veggie in your house or vegan in your house uh yeah yeah we are sometimes visiting family have got this penchant for um is it cheesy leeks which is oh, it's a revolting dish to look at and smell um yeah. But, you know, it's a family favourite for them. So yeah. They don't turn up with sort of half a stag under their arm or something. You know, <laughs> no. Cheesy Leaks is cook, as bad as it could gets. Could you just cook this up for us, Dale, please? I'll take the antlers off myself, you know. Um, here's a story. Rolls-Royce says it can create 6,000 UK jobs within five years if the government backs its plan to build small nuclear reactors around the country. Now, this... This is interesting, isn't it? Because there's a uh, there's a tightrope here. We can create jobs, but it's got to come with nuclear reactors. What's your response to this? Well, it's like some kind of nuclear proliferation nightmare, I think, because they want to build, you know, a shitload of these tiny nukes, relatively tiny nukes, and just dot them all around the country. I mean, it's a security risk, it's a pollution risk, it's an accident risk, all waiting to happen. And also, they they. I mean, the, the small print of the article is they need billions of pounds to do this. Yeah. And the electricity is going to cost 25 to 30% more than the big nukes would cost. And that's already double the market price. So it's like bonkers economics as well as bonkers environmentally. And it made me think immediately of uh, green gas and the potential that has. We could create 70,000 jobs in the rural economy if we grow 
grass to make gas to power our homes. This is a plan that we published a few years ago. And uh, for some reason, stuff like that doesn't get the same coverage as when BAE or Rolls-Royce or somebody says, oh, let's build a bunch of nukes. Yeah. You know, there's something about nuclear that just gets uh, newspapers excited. I, I mean, for, for sort of the arch capitalists of organizations like Rolls Royce. I mean, if somebody gave me five billion pounds, I'd create 6,000 jobs. I mean, it's just a, it's a <laughs> yeah. crazy setup. Yeah, give me lots of money and I will make some jobs. What kind of yeah. arrangement is that? Some kind of fake economics, isn't it? It's curious, isn't it? Somebody said to me the other day that uh, Big Nuclear and I uh, forget what the other example was, but that kind of project, that's a virility project. And I thought, you know what, that's a good way to describe it, actually. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to this story. I, I was hoping we could find a... Um, well, because I want to talk about Kent, uh, and we, we've touched on this before, of course, mm. because of Brexit and what's going to be happening. Um, and I was looking around to see if there'd be, you know, whether there was ever a public information film selling Kent, you know, with a sort of famous person talking uh-huh. about the delights of Canterbury and Whitstable and why Margate is the go-to place uh, in the summer. And, and it, it seems that celebrities have, have steered clear of this. But there is, did you know that? Birmingham once had a very famous campaign and they got an A-lister to do that. To promote Birmingham? Yeah, have a listen to this. I spent hours in the beautiful 150-year-old botanical gardens and there are 10 acres of it. St. Edburgus and the old grammar school, it's like looking into the past and it's hard to realize that all this is so near to the hustle and bustle of a really great metropolis. I can assure you, this is my kind of town. Now that is, that's Telly Savalis, Kojak, promoting yeah. Birmingham back yeah. in the day. Yep, yeah, I'm just disappointed he didn't say who loves your baby because I'm, I'm old enough to b- remember that strap line. <laughs> Indeed, but we digress because I was, I was hoping something, I was hoping, you know, we might have Elizabeth Taylor flogging Kent or something, uh, but, but no such luck. However, Kent is very much on the agenda and that's not for all good reasons, of course. Yeah, I think it's more likely we'll get Andrex sponsoring Kent. <laughs> yes. Tell us about this. Toilets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the toilet uh, of England instead of the Garden of England. Yeah, it's the councils down there, I think, that have been speaking out and saying that Kent is in danger of becoming the toilet of England and it's happening already. There are so many lorries going down there, queuing up, being delayed, and these big yeah. car parks or huge lorry parks, in fact, that are being built at the moment are just going to make the problem worse and that you've got thousands of lorry drivers using hedgerows as toilets, which is yeah. uh, pretty grim. And, of course, because of the the lack of direction, it seems, in terms of what's going to happen at the end of the year with uh, new rules and regulations and paperwork and online portals. And Don't say paperwork. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say paperwork. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of paperwork going on on the M20, but not the kind they were envisaging. Um, this is going to create this operation stack is the suggestion which is where you get i know it doesn't get any better does it, it? Doesn't. um which you, <laughs> you uh um and they're trying to engage with ah engage you see i've done it again they're trying to engage with uh with the haulage companies and the like but um uh they're just getting vacant looks at the moment so <laughs> i could keep this going for some time couldn't we uh but this is because of course you could have miles and miles i mean i grew up in this neck of the woods so i'm familiar with what this looks like um and that's way before brexit just because there might have been a strike on the other side of the channel so lorries can't get across and it's mayhem uh but this could be a longer and more arduous ordeal which means they've got to put sort of well they might have put portaloos out 
Yeah, I, I saw that. But the council is saying even even port lose. I mean, if it is port lose, then that's not the answer. They think that lorry drivers are going to choose hedges anyway because it's probably a slightly more pleasant experience. I get that. But and the, I mean, the scary part of this is in it doesn't matter whether we get no deal or or a crap deal. I mean, those are our two choices. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's going to be bad either way, uh, whichever kind of deal we get. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be some flushed faces, won't there, down there at the... Uh, that's that's the last one. It has deadpan, to be. it'll be deadpan faces. Oh, stop it, stop it. Um, this one from Tim, uh, who's emailed at zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. Have you started building your stadium yet? Yeah, what's the deal there? No, we haven't. We've got planning permission, though. That that landed finally uh, in, in paperwork a few months ago. And we've started planning for training pitches. We have to get permission this month and we have to start work on a training ground over the winter while we do the detailed design of the stadium itself. And I think if we're lucky, we'll start work on that within a year, somewhere between one and two years from now. So one or two years to begin work. What's yeah. what's the kind of projection in terms of how long this takes? This doesn't get done over a weekend, of course. No. Uh, last time we spoke to the architects about this, which was quite a while ago, they said it'd take two years. And I was like, blimey, are you growing the trees for that? Or, you know, <laughs> does it really? But yeah. they think so. Let's just, I think we can have another third. Can we get a third book bugle? Did I hear? I think we did. Um, can, can we just have a moment to talk about Elon Musk? <laughs> if we must. If we must. Uh, because you did an interview on Facebook with John and on that uh, you went over this territory a little bit what is the Elon Musk story and is oh. it true that you said the sooner he f***s off to Mars the better <laughs> I did say that and and it was kind of like you know just one of them things you know thought pops in your head and you say it and, uh, <laughs> and you know and it's genuine it's from the heart you know because he came up with this preposterous idea that you know we need to be a spacefaring nation in case we f*** this planet up and we have to leave it it's like yeah eight billion of us are going to jump in a spaceship and go to mars the environment of which is so hostile is beyond belief and even i yeah. think the worst outcome of climate change would be more benign to stay here and live with sure. than then go to mars it's just a stupid idea from a stupid man in my opinion uh, but we had this uh, run-in that's all it's in the book yeah da, 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 da. Um, over the electric highway, which, uh, you know, we, we experienced some incredible dodgy corporate badness and uh, had to go to court, had to get it fixed. And uh, incredible amount of dishonesty signed an NDA with us in order to get some kind of commercially sensitive information from us while we discussed allegedly a joint venture. But uh, yeah, meanwhile, they were going behind our backs to undermine us with our partners right. and actually with the government. And they they sent an email by mistake one day. It's one of those autofill email things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Happened to oh, us not, the, not the wrong name scenario. Was Absolutely. It? Yeah. And we got this email saying, um, you know, kind of uh, as of Monday, you know, this all kicks off. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're working with the, the government to kind of blacken their name. The media are going to pick the story up and blah, blah, blah. And we thought, Blimey, that's just like some kind of dark joke from the weekend from these guys. They can't be serious, you know. Yeah. And the more we read it, the more we realized that actually uh, they were serious and it wasn't intended for our eyes. And while we'd been talking wow. to them for a few months ahead of the UK launch, uh, this was what they were actually cooking up. So we slapped an injunction on them that next day, Monday, in the yeah. High Court, won it. Um, and uh, Which aren't yeah. easy to get unless they're meaningful, of course. No, quite right. No, quite right. So, yeah, that's history, man. really. But, you know, yeah. it, it pops up every now and then as a question. <laughs> as my old nan used to say, Elon Musk, Elon twat. Um, let's move on. To, <laughs> I'd let's probably like on. your nan if I ever met her. 
<laughs> as uh, as we move seamlessly into Sea Shepherd founder Captain Paul Watson, we should just give a plug to this. This is something you're doing on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, right? Oh yeah, I think it's um, I think it's next Friday actually. Next week, yeah, eighteenth. Yeah. yeah, it should be fun. I haven't spoken to Paul for quite a while. Last time I bumped into him was in um, Saint Tropez, funnily enough, in France. Okay. Tell us about Paul. Yeah, uh, great guy, founder of Sea Shepherd. Before that, he was founder of Greenpeace, actually, uh, until he fell out with them like yonks ago, decades ago. And then he started up uh, Sea Shepherd instead. And I bumped into them probably 10 years ago or more. I read about them in The Guardian. They had one boat, Steve Irwin. They were in the South Atlantic harassing the Japanese whalers, and they were running out of fuel. And um, I sent an email to them and said, you know, how can I help? How can I send you some money? Uh, Which I did. And then next summer, he was in London, popped out to Stroud. We had a good catch-up. And I've uh, been friends since, and I'm nice. just a big fan of the work. Now they've got a Navy. They had one boat back then. They've got, I don't know how many now. That's crazy. And it's become a global organization. That, I mean, they're yeah. one of my favorite environment groups because they don't protest. They, they act. You know, they, they take direct, peaceful, but very direct action. So that's on Facebook at 18th of November. So that'll be next Tuesday, wouldn't it? Wednesday. Oh, my bad. Yeah, not Friday. You're right. Yeah. yeah. One of those days. Anyway, 18th yeah, of November, yeah, 8 p.m. Yeah. UK time, talking about life, oceans, and what you can do to get involved. Just before we finish, here's that pesky bugle again. One, one more time. Well, we've got this idea, and I kind of—I don't know if we're going to do it or we don't. We're uh, exploring kind of legal issues. Oh, it was legal issues, aren't there? We we thought, <laughs> how about we give away ten sky diamonds, um, like a like a Willy Wonka job, you know, and the and right. the golden ticket, and that we stick these virtual diamond tickets in copies of manifesto. They'd be virtual because they won't really be in the book. We can find a way to fulfill that. And, uh, and you know, basically give everybody that buys a copy of the book the chance to win uh, one of the very first Sky Diamonds in the world. And uh, Wow. That's a stunning idea. Do you think so? Okay, cool. I, just I wanted think that's to... incredible. I, that's just blown me away. So wow. you'd literally get your, your – your t- you, you would become the kind of Willy Wonka of diamonds, as it were. <laughs> Got to be it? careful how I say that. Uh, of diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And then, so if you got the ticket, you'd then exchange it for a real diamond. That's right. And we might even throw in a factory visit as well, you know, Willy Wonka style. Uh, we could do yeah. that. That could be some fun. Listen, have a great week, Dale. We'll speak to you next Friday. Cheers, Ian. Good work. That's it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can subscribe for free from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Do make sure you leave a review as well. And if you want to get in touch, you can email your comments and questions to zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. Really important bit here. Do make sure you follow Dale on social media. That's twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. And we're back next week. Zero Carbon East Off.